Welcome to Crap a Hellboy Podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Woo! Woo! Yeah, baby! Well, we've made it this far, Kate, to the final storyline yeah. of the Hellboy comic. Now, of it's course, crazy. there's going to be more after this. Uh, I've constantly referenced the Hellboy in Hell. There, of course, is the backstories of Hellboy and the BPRD, but this is the ultimate end of this Hellboy storyline. And we're in the last three issues, of course, of the, the comic book, The Fury, but we're only covering two today. Yeah. We're only going to cover um, chapters one and two of The Fury, which if you get the collected edition... They call it the storm in the fury. So this is they've like renumbered it. So it's like this is technically in that combination four and five, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We got no other segments. We're just going to get right into this ultimate drive towards the end um, of this Hellboy storyline. Um, let's get into it. Kate, I'll hand it over so you can give us a little credits for the fury. And then yeah. We'll talk about the covers and get into the first chapter. Yeah. The fury written by Mike Mignola. Illustrated by Duncan Figredo, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. And it was originally published as The Fury number one through three between June and August of 2011. So like almost a year after the storm. Wild. And I was reading that because of the reaction to the delay in the middle of the wild hunt. That's why this was like put into two parts. The storm was separated from The Fury because it was like. I guess if they released it as two separate things, they wouldn't get as much shit. Oh, that's so from fans, funny. yeah. The, it was it was like originally just had like one title, but they're the storm and the fury. I guess so. They're like just split it up so we don't get <laughs> yeah, so we don't get any uh, mail exactly or any calls. <laughs> I think that's very funny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think this is one of my favorite covers of Hellboy, um, chapter one. Of the Fury, um, with just Hellboy standing on some rocks and holding a big old axe. Yeah, he looks awesome. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the tattered jacket. He's got the one eye. Yes, I love his like little like. He's definitely gritting his teeth. But then yeah. it, again, it's it's really simple. It has that classic where just the color, the strip of color at an angle behind him. It's pretty just a solid. Cover. I love that it's just washed in red that matches um, the the logo. Yeah. I just think that just it gives just such an energy. And I guess if if I had to wait that year long, this this cover really does give you a great reminder, real quick, of like where we left off. Where Hellboy is sort of pissed. He's he's determined. He's just taken a lot. It's like it's like his. Similar to the Wild Hunt when he took out the Giants and was going through those rage. Yeah. But this seems like a more direct and controlled rage that he has like a goal. He's just like after Nimue and he's just directing it right all at her. <laughs> yeah, it's very like it's very parsed down. Like normally that you'd have like like these little thematic elements and stuff like things maybe from hinting at the villain or some other element of the story. But this is like just Hellboy. I guess it. You know, he carries the axe, uh, which I guess is like notably not Excalibur. If you're, you yeah. know, that maybe is it where it's like kind of just it focuses just on him. It's like he it's finally down to this. There's yep. no other like 
distractions at this point. It's like the last <laughs> battle kind of a thing. It's really cool. Yeah, very cool. Hell yeah. Jump on in with a big old lightning bolt. Yeah, lightning crashing throughout the whole beginning of this. The three witches come out as the army, Nimue's army, is chanting for the war gods, Bod, Maka, Morrigan. And they're like, oh, I guess this was a little our fault. And then Hellboy <laughs> is approaching. He's cloaked. He's got one eye. So at first they think he's Odin. Then they think he's Thor because they see like the stone like hand. But then he reveals his face. Where is she? They point up there and she's not alone. She's up there with uh, with that witch who betrayed her. Right. Yeah. Or not even betrayed her is just is just like the avatar currently for the the serpent yeah like the voice yeah yeah is the voice that's the best way to put it. it's just the voice yeah but now it's just like the mouthpiece of the dragon at this moment kind yeah. of saying like yeah well you prayed for this nimue nimue is like no this isn't what i wanted she's in tears yeah which is it really shocked me in this reread of the emotion that she shows because all she wanted was this command of the world and now she's getting it stripped away by but by the thing that she worshipped <laughs> right right it's like she I, I think like in this moment her madness is highlighted you know like she's gone mad with power and all of that stuff yeah so she she's like oh i guess didn't think about how this would actually play out and her oh, no. her arm is transforming as she throws Ganeda out the window and onto <laughs> a spear from a member of her army. And then her, both of her arms are transforming. She's transforming like really quickly throughout these two issues. Hellboy goes into the base of that tower. And then meanwhile, like we have this nice like transition with the lightning crash over the inn in England. The army of the dead still waits outside the inn. The bartender's telling Alice, you know, kind of... Asking her about Excalibur, Alice had this dream where she spoke with Arthur, who said that her life would be tied to the sword and she would see the true king and all of that good stuff. And then this is kind of like cut back and forth with Hellboy ascending the tower steps, making his way through these like little army of evil guys, like little goats and goblins and shit. I love they're led by those that goat with the axe. and That's where he gets the axe. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah, so he just has to like punch his way through the hordes right now. The bartender shows Alice a, a, an old picture of uh, George Washbrook, who's related to the two witches who tried to assassinate Queen Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Who we saw witch the witchfinder like that, like in his like just like teaser, yeah, like for a series. It's connecting just to that. Yeah. It's really wild. <laughs> and since this guy is like a descendant of theirs, he's like lived this kind of cursed life that all of the descendants live. They're, they're bad in some way, it says. Um, he wanted to try to change that, so he tries to go sacrifice himself during um, during the war. But then he's, a, he's approached by a woman all clad in white, and she gives him a drink from this golden chalice kind of a thing. And, um, holy grail. Yeah, maybe. holy grail situation. <laughs> and he drinks it. He gets better. He goes back. He travels England. He feels like he's lived for the first time. He he lives his life out as a bartender and like tells his stories and stuff like that and grows older and older and older. As the bartender's finishing the story, she's hearing Alice is hearing thumping from uh, the second floor. Ooh. 
So she like this guy, of course, is like he's still alive up there. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> he still exists up there. I don't know if you would call it life or, uh, you know. Yeah. You're sort of a walking corpse, yeah. I guess. <laughs> and he starts descending the stairs. Meanwhile, like, you know, cuts back to Hellboy fighting these guys. Yeah, I love that he's coming down the stairs of the inn. Uh-huh. And Hellboy is Hellboy's ascending the, the, the stairs of the tower. It's so cool. Totally. Yeah, Hellboy's like going up this like crazy MC Escher-y almost looking like twirling yeah. ma- um, uh, winding set of stairs. He grabs the one axe. Just plowing. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, it's just corpses and like. <laughs> I love that he's just like, tossing them off the middle. It's just he's plowing right Yeah. Hellboy sees a sword that somewhat resembles Excalibur, but he grabs the axe. I think this suits me better. <laughs> so yeah, kind of this like blunt, more blunt instrument. I mean, it's still like sharp or whatever, but it's like yeah. sort of a more like battering thwacky kind of a thing as opposed to like what like a noble sword is kind of it's like a noble weapon or some shit i don't don't know represents like knightliness and kinghood and stuff like that yeah and also i think i don't know if this is intended but like hellboy's never been a good shot at a gun and i'm like he's not there's no way then he's good like sword player no (laughs) yeah he's yeah he's not like parrying (laughs) and stuff yeah, he's just like knock him out, drag out kind of fighter. And yeah, as but as this guy continue this uh um what's his name fucking Westbrook? Washbrook. Washbrook. So yeah, he continues to descend the stairs of that inn. Alice kneels and presents Excalibur to him and he reaches to grab it. We get some great Fagredo hand gestures there. As Hellboy makes it up to the the top room of the tower, sees Nimue kind of like folded on the ground. Chucks the axe at her, immediately hits her in the head. (laughs) (laughs) It's the coolest thing to do to enter. Yeah, her helmet goes flying. (laughs) Gring. Just like wax her. (laughs) Then as, as, uh, as this descendant of those witches grabs the sword, Excalibur, he is transformed into human embodiment now of King Arthur. He still looks like the washbrook guy but like with his big ears that you see from the like photo of him as a young soldier but he's being crowned by this like ghostly sort of like woman in white similar looking to the woman who i guess i guess what are they like healers from arthurian times or something like that That, or is it the lady from the lake i i'm I'm well you see several of them later a little bit later but she like crowns him and he's suddenly like in this suit of armor, like as opposed to like just the kind of commoner clothes that he was wearing before. And then we see shots of like Nimue's helmet hitting the ground. And as it touches the ground, it transforms back into the three crows, which are also the the like earthly form of this like war god. Yeah. Of this like three part war god that she was sort of transformed to but now that now that like the helmet is removed and she's transforming those like war god elements are still are surrounding her but she's something else now it's really what we're seeing and she literally like that literally is spelled out where hellboy calls to her nimue and then she says not anymore (laughs) and then we see like another shot of washbrook now arthur receiving the holy grail from I guess what? Angels? Some kind of like holy figures. Yeah, definitely holy figures yeah. for sure. Cloaked in white. Because that's the whole thing about like King Arthur, right? Is he's like, he's 
It's very religious and yeah. God sent, right? Yeah. And then Hellboy's, you know, punching Nimue in the face <laughs> as she's now speaking with like that green tinted kind of speech bubble that like the other witch was speaking in earlier. So it's yeah. like the dragon is now speaking through her and she's kind of slowly transforming into the dragon as we're watching. Like now both of her arms are transforming. The hands are turning more claw like. And she's kind of like talking about like, oh, Rasputin failed, failed to release me. But he like put this little crack in my prison. And then I reached my arm down to earth and started like influencing shit. Meanwhile, Arthur is outside of the inn holding up the Holy Grail to the army of the dead, the noble dead of England and all of that, pours out some water from the grail or liquid, some liquid. Oh, and it's magical, yeah. holy liquid. Yeah. <laughs> and it transforms the dead back into the into their like human form of these like noble men of England. Hellboy continues to get whipped around the room by <laughs> these long arms just whipping long, him. I, I really love this like look of like the transforming I do too. dragon. Yeah, the long arms are really fun. We see this sort of like vestigial tail kind of a thing happening now that I'm sure will transform into a real long tail. Yeah. <laughs> and basically like the dragon's talking shit. It's like you're too late. Listen. And then as like the dragon's kind of like whispering this to Hellboy, like his body is kind of like limp and he's like being held by her hand. This speech also reaches out to the army, the like evil army that's amassed outside the tower. And it's also being like spoken, not just by the dragon, but by the crows. Which is interesting because I feel like the crows are now there being the, the the mouth and the voice yeah. for the dragon. It's speaking almost because of the coloring of the text. It's like it's speaking through them. It's like all these different like this evil entity is like using all of these different things as hosts almost. Yeah. And I like it too. In my mind, I imagine like, did you ever see the exorcism of Emily Rose? Is that the older lady one? Uh, uh, no. Uh, is it where she, you think she has all Alzheimer's? No, you, it's like a, it's like a. Then I didn't. <laughs> it's fine. It, but anyway, the, there's like a part of it where like the devil is speaking through this woman and there's like a male and a female voice simultaneously. And that's kind of what I'm almost imagining. Not like a male voice necessarily, because I guess the dragon kind of is female. I feel like that was established earlier. Am I am I crazy? Anyway, I imagine like different, like a deep dragony voice on top of uh -huh. like Nimue's transforming voice. Yeah. And then maybe even like the crow like kind of cawing voice. Like I'm imagining multiple voices when... I'm seeing that like green speech bubble, you know? Yeah, I think that you're kind of 100% right. And I think that would be a cool element. Like, I don't even know if that's intended. It's just like, you know, because it's like multiple beings, multiple like voices. It's a great addition. I mean, now it's the dragon. It's like just the dragon talking, but like using somebody else's vocal cords and shit. Yeah. But anyway, now the dragon's instructing the army to go forth and kill all of mankind. Ooh, I love that the one in the, the goat in the army is like, dragon? <laughs> yeah. I thought we were, uh, uh, I thought it was Nimue, the uh, goddess of war. But Let's they immediately the like, it's like, they're immediately like ex exalting. Yeah. It's like, yay, this is great. <laughs> and then that's the end of four. It's like, it really moves. It's starting it to move. It really does. Because it's like, it, this is it. This is the moment, right? Yeah. 100%. I mean, there's no going back at this point. There's yeah. No reason you'd push the brakes. Yeah. Before we move on to five, um, I just, there's, I mean, this thing is just full of 
Duncan Fregredo like masterpiece work. Yeah. Um, there's a couple elements I really love that I wanted to call out. And if you have any other uh, favorites. Yeah. Panels. Um, I do. I love our first close up of Hellboy with the hood over his head. It's really. And he's just yeah. sort of like where he's asking where she is. I love that grimace. His nose is sort of fucked up. And I'm like, is that from getting his eye removed? I just think that detail is really cool. Yeah. He's just. It really is invoking that cover energy of like he is just he is focused. His his rage is getting directed in one place and he's just following through on it. I really love after that, after uh Grenada, the, the witch gets thrown out the window. Yeah. I love that panel. The point of view is that we're outside the tower window and we hear no. We the no is really big. Clem yeah. Robbins puts this really good no above the in the panel, but I love how small Nimue looks with these long arms. <laughs> yeah, it's really awesome. She's I, we really get that thing where it doubles down and reminds us that this is truly is not what she wanted. She's being taken over, and I think yeah. that's a great element. After I think it's funny. This it's like funny grotesque and gnarly. Yes. Yeah, it looks painful. You know. I love that in the flashback. It's a reminder that Alice spoke to Arthur in her underwear. I just think that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Now, D Dave Stewart, I think, does a great thing. I don't think we've ever seen him do yet. I don't think we've ever seen David Stewart do this yet. I love when we do the flashback for Washbrook. I love the coloring of this. I agree, yeah. I was going to say one of my favorite panels is the flashback of George Washbrook, like, smoking a pipe in front of these standing stones somewhere in the British Isles or whatever. But just the way that they're silhouetted kind of in the background, I think is really cool. Yeah, I just think they, the stones look, like, look really, really cool. The whole panel looks great, but I loved that part. It really transports you to a different time. And I think it almost shows that this guy did really work hard. I don't know what, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but it feels like it's just a, it's like that old saying of like, it was a great, it was a, it was a, it was just a, a simpler time. And it's like he captures that within the coloring of it, which is so brilliant. To yeah, me. these like <laughs> muted, like there's no like, there's not like big swaths of dark, dark black, even where even when there's like shadow, it's kind of with like this etchy sort of uh, hatched shading kind of a thing. And like in the beginning, like the general blowing the whistle, his like shadow on his eyes under his cap is like mm -hmm. sort of like a brown. It's like a sepia kind of washed out, like looks like an old photograph or something maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I just love that. And then I just love the transition out of that. You sort of in, just go right into the deeper what we're used to with Grado in this story Yeah. when we show him alone upstairs and you're just like, oh, I, that's just brilliant work by Dave Stewart. I just, unreal. Yeah. The whole <laughs> team is just like crushing it. I mean, this whole issue is so yeah. cool looking. Some of the best work of all time and there's a lot of silent i love how much there's not dialogue there's just visual and and the back and forth the balance between one character rising one falling like coming downstairs to receive one receiving a crown one losing their crown it's just like the simplest stuff that just done so well yeah uh, 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 i love it i just <laughs> love it too much <laughs> Do you have any other favorites that you wanted to point out before we move to chapter five? I mean, I like when Hellboy calls to Nimue and by now she's fully transforming into the dragon and saying not anymore. Like, I like just her look over the shoulder. I think it looks really cool. And the, the like 
what was her like helmet slash crown now as these live crows still kind of flocking around her head. I think that was that's a really cool panel. Yeah, that is a great panel. Damn. Yeah. And then just the contrast of that with Washbrook receiving the grail is. Ugh. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like he's also not Washbrook anymore. You know, he's also transformed. Yes, he's this other this other power, the celestial like, I mean, it's the opposite. It's like the dragons taking over and bringing that cut that cosmic energy. And this is a total different energy, but sort of in the same realm with each other, like yeah. equals. Yeah. To a, to a degree. Great stuff. Hell yeah. It's just, you know, I was like tearing through it like chapter <laughs> yeah. five or second issue of the fury. the fury. What a cover too. just Hellboy and a dragon. Yeah, really great. Just Hellboy <laughs> punching the dragon. Yeah. Or like, you know, reeling back to punch the dragon yeah. now like way more fully transformed. I noticed this. This is a funny little detail. Mm. The fury. These were published in 2011. Yeah. But the cover for the fury is dated by Mignola 2010. So he like did Drew this cover, the cover and sat on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure they knew it was going to happen. Maybe it was just they had to execute it or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's just funny. That time. <laughs> this starts back. So now like now the the lightning's continuing. The wind is like howling. You can the, this like great use of like the sign and the like lamp on the chain outside of the inn to kind of show that the wind is moving these like heavier objects and like yeah. Alice's hair is moving and stuff. Um, yeah. So the army is gone. Arthur led them away, but Alice is asking like, what's happening? You know, what army, what kind of army can Nimue even have? That's so bad, basically. And the bartender's explaining, like, this is the army of the apocalypse. Okay, we yep. have war, pestilence, famine, and death are coming. Classic. And then there's, like, sick-ass drawings to accompany all of those things. They're really cool. And it's, like, she's kind of, like, qu quote, like, it's kind of, like, Bible shit. Like, two-thirds of people will die. The rest will be food for the creatures that come. And she's, like, yeah, what about Hellboy's army? Like all the knights and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, that's sort of like a last. I mean, they don't she doesn't say it now. She says it a little later where it's like that's kind of like humanity's last stand almost where they get to kind of be have this like yeah. dig human dignity or something. But they're getting <laughs> yeah. fucking cut down completely. <laughs> like there's a cool moment where Arthur's like, take me, uh, you know, the the embodiment of war Screams out that the dragon wants blood. Arthur says, take mine if you can, but you will not set foot, hoof, or claw on English ground. They have this great battle. But Alice, like, wants to go see. She's come this far. She runs out. She's, like, blasted by lightning for a second. Yeah, it's like, or it hits that tree behind her, I guess, and blows. It does yeah. A, does a classic action movie her thing away. where knocks her into safety. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, but the spark. Barkeep is still explaining, like, uh, you know, who said dragon? Somebody said dragon. He said dragon. He said so that's dragon. that's the 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 war war got up. Oh, and was the, like, dragon the dragon wants, wants blood. blood. That's and right. I think that's what triggers her to be like, wait, this is more. I think she has a sense of like in a feeling because she's connected to this. It's like, wait, this is now bigger. Before yeah. it was Nimue and these creatures wanting their land back from the human, but this is something bigger. Yeah, yeah. And then she sort of she like, kind of explains, yeah, rebel angels created it. Darkness consumed it. It was changed and cast out. 
And all these millions of years, it's wanted nothing more than to be free to reclaim this world. Uh, yeah, so that's bad. It's close. <laughs> it's like becoming more dragon-like, almost like at this point, like a kind of like is at this point, the dragon's looking very like Mignola monstery with like these big protruding teeth, almost yeah. like sort of horse like a little bit. It's uh, but it's like whispering to Hellboy, like, am I going to kill you now? Hellboy's like, screw you. Starts fighting really hard again. <laughs> the dragon's like, oh, good. I thought you were going to just be a little like wuss and not fight me. I'm glad this is going to be a good fight, basically. And then they start like really wailing on each other, you know, and the dragon's kind of now it's like it's not even like speech bubbles. It's like the narration, but it's something that Hellboy can like hear in his head, I think. Yeah, that's what I love about it is yeah. that it's in his it, I got that same Because Hellboy's too. replying with the speech bubbles, but it like now it's like the sound is just overwhelming i imagine it's like just totally like pounding in hellboy's brain <laughs> yeah and he can't escape it just talking about how he the dragon was the first and the last the world come full circle i'm the hand that turns the wheel not the wheel kind of shit like really cool <laughs> cool like evil stuff meanwhile transforming more and more like claws turning into like these little paws turning into like bat wing like structures <laughs> yeah. and just becoming more and more dragon like as they're fighting more lightning striking and striking like places throughout the world and destroying them as Hellboy and the dragon are fighting. Which is interesting because you don't see any humans present. So it's like it still to me feels yet not it still feels uh, separate from like the world, the actual world that BPRD is inhabiting. It's like there's a there's like a line or a veil of reality between this what's going on between Hellboy, the serpent, the the army of uh of you know the the like uh, yeah whatever Nimue's army, the serpent's army, whatever, and and uh, Washbrook, the new king's army. It's still in a different realm than our reality. I guess, but it's so just, like, I like you that. don't see. I guess you're right. Like you really don't see any people. I assumed that it really was like causing a lot of damage to these places, but maybe. Maybe it's like, oh, this is yet to pass kind of shit. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it, that, that's just my interpretation because that's I feel fair. Like you would see. And I, and I think it's to me, it's savvier than what you get. So, we, you know, we have to talk about the movie. They sort of tried to create this moment in the in the shitty 2019 movie. Right. Yeah. And they had those big monsters like walking around killing people. And that's the interesting thing is like, I think Mignola has been really savvy in Leading up to this moment in this war, they've constantly reminded us that this is the breach. Like, this war, they've said before we even got here, this war will take place where man will, and like, won't know the outcome. Yeah. So even if it's, even if we succeed, true mankind, BPRD and the people that live in the normal, in that reality, won't know this happened. Oh, okay. So that's where I'm, I'm taking it a little bit from what Mignola is sort of set up is that this is sort of like a reckoning to the physicality of what's represented in this realm. But if, if Washbrook loses or Hellboy doesn't succeed, I do think that this thing, what we're seeing, will It'll be reality. lead into the other reality. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, oh, shit. <laughs> but and, that's my interpretation of it. Yeah. So. But then Alice, the bartender, see one of the witches dragging a stone into a pond, talking about how, like, 
oh, a lot of witches drowned themselves when they saw Nimue come to power. They were so smart. Like, that was uh, that was good. And then the fucking wild hunt shows up, and that last witch drowns herself with her other two sisters there. Wow. Yeah. The wild hunt comes crashing around because they have smelled the blood. And then Alice stumbles into this, like, war, this, like, war field with the, like, bodies piled high and literally, like, a lake of blood <laughs> that she's, like, shin deep in. Um, she's looking at the destruction. She's wearing a skirt. This is gross. <laughs> yeah, it's been nasty. She sees, like, piles of bodies and, like, the crows eating the, like, eyes of a warrior. And then Arthur's body. Well, I think it would be Washbrook, right, at this point? I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's taken it because they even say, like, he only got to be king for a day. Yeah, yeah, that's all he was and all he was ever going to be. Yeah, a victory for men for the last, for at, at the last they were men again. The best men now gone to their reward and tomorrow all lesser men to follow. So yeah, yeah, Mab. And, and it's like known by like, like Mab that Mab knew that this was going to happen, that the mm -hmm. end of the world was like Ragnarok would be fought on this field and yeah it'll be either the champion of the man uh, the champion of man will battle the dragon and that will be the end and we see the dragon like bursting out of the tower alice can see it from where she's standing hellboy fighting the dragon way up at the top of this tower and crows tr eating the carrion you know, the like dead bodies and shit. It's crazy. I truly love this last image that we're left with. The, yeah, the blood the dripping. Before, yeah, the blood dripping from the crows is great. But even I think that bursting out the choice to make this. I love this frame of, of Alice seeing that from a distance. You can see the little tiny Hellboy in that energy uh -huh. on top of the dragon fighting. I love that. But the way the dragon is bursting out and the way it looks like Rasputin's chest chest. Yeah. I love that fucking yeah. touch. Yeah. That makes you just go, oh, yeah, everything is in full circle. Totally. And, like, it's just Nimue was the right, like, everybody else wanted to be. Even Rasputin and his ego really wished they were this. Yeah. And now Nimue got it. And But also, I think everybody at one point would be like Nimue and get to the end and be like, no, this isn't what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just... yeah, of course. Yeah, it was like, whichever, you know, whichever host... I, the, that is successful to bring about the dragon. Great. Like the dragon doesn't care and is not going to actually reward that person or whatever. They're just being used as tools to bring the dragon back to this realm or like escape from its prison and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess that's what you still don't know is like who or what imprisoned the dragon. We know like the aliens were involved or whatever right. from like way back in the day. I think the angels did, but I might be wrong. I think that was in the back the backstory, but I'd have maybe to go back I, and Maybe that. I was told that and I just don't remember. It's a lot of info. <laughs> it's a lot of info. You know what I mean? And now we have like the little But we got one more to wrap it up and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure. You get it's a little discussed. more information. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see it. I didn't read the last one yet. Good. Yeah. Good. We're saving that for saving that next, it. our next. I really love that on the last time, in the last page of the last issue, the image where Hellboy is being held by um, the dragon. Yeah. You can still see Nimue, like parts of the face. Yes. Have like a, the Nimue's like 
her face in it. There's like yeah. a woman's face there. But then I love in the beginning of this, once we get to the dragons, like that is gone. Right. The transformation is near, nearly Any complete. humanity <laughs> that was there. Yeah. Ugh, I love that. That's so cool. This is just wild. It's like perfectly planned chaos. Like it feels like during this fight with the dragon, it feels fucking wild. Yeah. And, it, and it's not, and it's not bad. It's not like where I'm like, oh, I don't know the geography of the fight, so I'm lost. It's like it gives you that feeling that this is just, there is no plan. Hellboy's just trying to fucking take it down. Yeah. He gets thrown, <laughs> instead of being thrown down through a, a floor, he gets thrown up through a ceiling. Yeah. I liked that. <laughs> I love that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's truly so cool. And, oh, it's, there's so many elements. It's, it truly is like a, a very satisfying, I mean, I don't know if climax is right, but we're driving towards that peak. You know what I mean? I feel like we are hitting the peak right before the climax, right? We yeah. We just built, 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 and we're at the peak, and it's like next issue is going to, we'll see what happens on the, the outcome. I, I don't know. I don't know. what other. I mean, there's so many cool panels in here. I don't know. Do you have any absolute favorites in this last chapter? Chapter five, not the last. Yeah, it is hard to pick one. Yeah, it is hard because this is just, they are both, they're all like knocking it out of the park, everybody involved. So. <laughs> Hellboy punching. Yeah, there's a lot of just Hellboy punching. But I like this big one of him like with the bram of like the dragon's uh, claw starting to become like webbed in between the little yes. fingers. And you kind of see like a full body of like Hellboy, the back of Hellboy and the big... <laughs> The like after of the swing. That's really cool. Yeah, I love that. All that. I love all the booms we get. Those are great. It's so creepy that Alice runs into Graugok. Um, yeah, she's like horrified by him hanging there. He's seeing it all go down. Do you know what this statue is? When we first start seeing the world get, start getting taken down by lightning bolts. This angel you know statue or whatever. Yeah, I was wondering if you knew that what that was at all. It's very cool and unique. And it feels like it's something that really exists. I'm sure it's a real place. Yeah, because all of the other ones are real places. It's in Gateshead, England, the Angel of the North. Ooh. Yeah, it's a real place. All the it's just like different places around around like England and the UK. Yeah, it's a just a massive angel installation. It was installed in 1998 and yeah, it's just like a giant angel statue up on awesome. it, up on a hillside. I love it. I love details like that. I think that's very fun. Yeah, for sure. Being specific to to what actually exists. Wild, wild stuff. Um they do a lot of great transitions. They've been doing it through this whole for a long time, but I really like when Alice falls from the wild hunt into through branches into darkness then into the the pool of blood yeah, I think yeah. that's a cool transition I love the witch her stone like dragging up this like trail of sediment under the water yeah I think that's really spooky and it like comes settling right next to the other witches I think that's really cool yeah it's almost like a magical thing almost that well, drives like, them to drown together yeah <laughs> yeah it's really spooky I really like the panel that's just crows eating Fucking from one of the goat warriors. Yeah, the goat eyes. <laughs> Nasty. You know, I, I will say this before we wrap up. Or any final my my final thought for this is it's very bold, and I think you it's so hard to do this in an adaptation. Like I think this is uh, the twenty nine eight time movie did this all wrong in my opinion, but regardless, 
I also just think it's hard for ma- major movies, in a sense, just because it's like the dominant source of entertainment. I, 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 I'd be so hard to like. I think produce to convince a producer to not make Hellboy become the king in this final battle. Whereas I think it's very unique to like Mignola doing what he wants, following the characters through. It's like even though Hellboy has the blood of Arthur in him, he just, he denies it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting we get to our hero and who we're rooting for does deny that. And then a random character named Washbrook, who's connected in the bigger story, but he's pretty much feels random. Yeah. Becomes the king of Arthur and fights this battle. And I think it really is to me, I mean, maybe novels pull this off, but it's just in other sources of storytelling. But this really feels very... Indie, indie comic book where the, Mignola has built the world so well that we just trust him and he's willing to be like no the crown doesn't this crown the king of Arthur's crown does not go to Hellboy it goes to this guy yeah it's just never been him it's never been him yeah. and he never will be that yeah like, that's not what he wants to do but I mean it's it's bold I mean that's amazing that he's willing to stick that through I agree yeah I agree yeah and I I don't think movies or TV would they'd force it they'd force yeah. it into his hands he'd be fighting this battle with Excalibur till the end you know what I mean yeah not that there's something cool down the line of like he wears two crowns maybe but that that's the whole other take but um <laughs> I don't know it's just I love the idea that he I lost my train of thought, but that element alone is just so that he stays true cool. to the character, I think is important to the story yeah. and and doesn't betray the character that he set up that he spent like so many decades setting up. Yeah, I agree. Oh, it's so it's so cool. It's awesome. It's- I like it. <laughs> um what are your what are your thoughts on what do you think is gonna happen in the last the next the last chapter? Do you have any thoughts or hopes? I feel like Hellboy will probably defeat the dragon and then probably get very hurt in the process. I don't know what that means as far as like, like I know he, I know he appears in other Hellboy stories after this one. So I'm sure like some version of him survives, but I feel like there'll be like a moment where it's like they're both dead or Hellboy has to sacrifice himself to kill the dragon or something like that. I feel like it'll be something like that. All right. Well, yeah, I'm excited to see when we get to it, when we get to cover it next episode. Um, I'm excited to see what Kate, what this does. I mean, just using like the context clues of like Hellboy in hell. So like maybe his soul goes to hell for a little bit or something or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what will happen yet. But <laughs> just like, you know, I feel like I have more clues than the average reader in 2011 as to what's going to happen you know so even if he dies in the next issue i think he'll come back in some form or another or yeah or at least like his soul will be alive in some way all right well that uh, (laughs) i I don't know i don't have any other thoughts it's just i'm uh i can't wait to get to the the final the wrap-up of this long journey with uk of the hellboy's main storyline in my opinion like this is his his journey from realizing what he is to like this conclusion. Yeah, so, this is it. Can't wait to wrap it up, but that will be next episode. It feels crazy. It feels crazy <laughs> to be here finally, you know? Yeah, I'm surprised we got here and <laughs> one of us didn't die. <laughs> I know. We made it this long. When did we start this? 2018? 
Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, bye. <laughs> you, we've been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. We're both married now. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, folks, we'd love to hear your thoughts on these first two chapters of The Fury or, of course, chapters four and five of The Storm and The Fury. Uh, you can share your thoughts so we can share them on Oh Boy email segment at Podcast at gmail.com. Also follow the show on on Instagram at Aw Crap, a Hellboy Podcast. You can please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. So, and then if you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, going out of your way to go there, give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom, B-O-O-M. We will share your review right here on the show and give you all the praise and love that you deserve. Yeah. I'm just going to say this weekend I revisited because I watched the first episode, thought it was great, but then I don't know why I didn't continue because it's... Barry Jenkins is one of my favorite directors. This is just a quick segment of of what to watch. I would say go out of your way to watch The Underground Railroad on Amazon um, Prime, even though you don't need to get Prime, just do their video briefly. Yeah. I know we all hate Amazon, but I think this is a great show, The Underground Railroad, directed by Barry Jenkins. Um, I'm just, it's on my mind right now, and I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's fantastical. It's like it's taking it's like that thing where they're like it's fantasy, historical fantasy fiction um, about the, uh, America's during slavery. And it's Barry Jenkins is just I've always liked him. And this and this is him tackling a series. And I think it's he's doing a fucking killer job. Sweet. He did a killer job. And then revisit Legion. Re- I'm revisiting Legion from FX. I should rewatch that. I'm working for that guy who was the showrunner for Legion. Oh, really? Yeah. He, he show around for that? Yeah, I yeah. That. Yeah, Steve Blackman. I think, oh, like, we'll tell him. <laughs> great job. fucking job. Because yeah. Legion, Legion was great, yeah. I, I was thinking, was, even as I watched the Disney Plus shows, and I'm enjoying Moon Knight a lot, I loved Hawkeye, I think Legion is still my favorite. If I had to pick a favorite, it's my favorite superhero. TV, TV. thing. I just, oh, I just love everything about it. Yeah. And it's my, has my favorite Xavier in it in the series ever depiction. I know everybody loves Patrick Stewart and and uh, whatever his name was that did the younger version. Uh, I yeah. Was, I think the version in Legion when you meet Xavier is fucking the best. <laughs> awesome. I love I love the actor. I love the like the, the writing for that character. Hell yeah. Um, but that's it. Watch those. Do you have anything you had on your mind to share with the, the folks? listening <laughs> i don't know i don't know i was telling you i just watched blowout oh yeah blowout. N- absolutely nothing to do with this uh i oh I, i'm gonna tell you something yeah we, we we you had some great thoughts about blowout especially the datedness of like the lead like the female character being sort of dumb and it's sort of dated in that way it's in philly that was cool yeah <laughs> I, I think it's a great ryan de palma movie and yeah I think, I still really liked it. Like, it's a really enjoyable movie. There was just like parts of it where I was like, come on, man. Like, she wouldn't be this stupid. But I I don't know. I don't know. Okay, with that thought, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think Alice is a little dumb for running out of the, the inn in this at all? I would, because I, I mean, what, the a, what safety do you have? It's like the fight of the end of the world is happening. It's like, you're not going to be safe inside this in <laughs> yeah. so it's like whether you're there not seeing everything unfold or whether you go out and see it it kind of doesn't matter it doesn't matter like you're yeah and the fights already happened too like by the is she's going out to like seeing equals like knowing in this context i think right. so she has to know what's happening 
because she's just been along for the ride for this whole time. So I don't think right. she's dumb. I think she's like, right. has to go see what's happening. And she's also like driven by emotion. She she has a de- like she's emotionally connected with Hellboy. Yeah. And, and also the world, <laughs> which is a good possibly end. Yeah. I have. OK, I have another question. for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> OK, Alice in the comic versus Alice 2019 movie go comic like what do you mean like verses verses are like it's interesting because i do think i'm fine if you make her like in an adaptation you give her a little bit of strength i'm fine if i'm fine if you even make alice be able to punch something and a ghost comes out if you want that but i think it's oh like giving her some superpower just for the sake of like yeah but i think they did a thing where they gave her so much machismo in the 2019 movie and like made her like sort of just like almost uh, an anti-hero. More pandering, right? It's like that's it, that you don't have to be good at punching to be like a strong character, I guess. You know what I mean? A hundred percent agree. This is the argument against Josh Whedon. Yeah, <laughs> his, it's like his... you, you could have other strengths. Like I think putting all of the emphasis on someone's physical strength is that's the problem like that's the problem that you see physical strength as the ultimate thing and like women can be physically strong i don't think that depicting them as physically strong is the only way to show strength 100 percent agree you can have like you know and and i don't know maybe that sounds corny or something but to have like strength of character or like determination or uh you know fucking diplomacy or whatever whatever other strengths like kind of shit if you're playing D D, not everybody's the tank yeah that's very you know? true there's other ways yeah, to yeah, contribute yeah. to a team don't have to be punchy punchy i agree and it i, I just i know we're, we're wrapping up but i was like you've seen everywhere everything everywhere all at once yeah yeah it was awesome i do think that that's one of my probably the, the standout moments and character wise is uh, Kihu Kwan, I hope I pronounced his name right, the guy that played Short Round. Yeah, he's so awesome. He's, I mean, everybody's great in the movie, but he's just like ugh, stellar because we haven't seen him for so long. And it's like, wow, he's still wonderful. Yeah. he His character, uh, Waymond Wang, his, spoiler alert for the movie, this is just a character thing. He does this exactly, and it's like probably the best version in movie so wise. He flat out just says as his character what you just said. He's like, this is the way I fight. And his fighting is just being kind to people. Yeah. And that's such a cool encompassing thing versus every character in a movie. Like what they did with Alice in 2019 is like, well, yeah, well, she's got to be able to punch and do all the things right. that Hellboy does to be an equal. It's like, when nah. it's like, no, Alice in the comic is an equal to him just in a different way. He's like a rock for her. He, she's so driven and like, persistent and yeah. pr- focused. She's a very strong character. And like grounds him to his humanity a little bit. You know, he's like talking about what living out his life in America with her and stuff like that. So it's like there's she's like his tie to humanity. So he doesn't like drift away and feel like he's just some like tool of Ragnarok or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I would agree. Good, well said. Yeah. Reminder of he did some other people in his life too. He forgot about his other connections which i think were kate corrigan and liz and so forth yeah all right well great you talked thank you for <laughs> about that with me yeah <laughs> you too with me all right well we'll see you next episode folks with uh, we'll, we'll be covering the conclusion of of hellboy with the fury um and and the, the storm of the fury chapter six or the fury um issue three we'll see you then um can't wait 
cover that with Kate. Um, yeah. But until then, I want to thank you for listening. And remember, we love you. We love you, baby. Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9 Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.